welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. Oh, see, I'm back. Oh, you didn't see, know. I was you thought say, I was on the hello, phone. this is Paranormal Gone Radio with Chuck E. G. and Karen Frazier. Karen was on the phone, but I got off. It was uh, it, my egg lady. Very important, very important stuff. That's quite right. I was ready to fill in for you. I was ready at the will. You were at the, that's right. So you may notice that I sound like I'm talking in a tin can. And it's not Rick with me tonight. So it's just all sorts of different things. I yeah. have completely misplaced my headset. Well... I know, so I'm talking to you through my computer speaker, so sorry about the audio quality, and you know, you'll hear everything that goes on in my house at the same time. It's cool, you hear like dogs barking and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, Well, as long as you don't hear the toilets flushing and, you know. That would be a lot. Yeah, things like that. It'll be be fine. Um, And then uh, Rick had some dental work done today. Um, He says he is feeling much better. Mm -hmm. He had a tooth, didn't he have a tooth removed? He did. Yank that thing right out. That's right. No toothless Rick from Kokomo. <laughs> toothless Joe from Kokomo. That's what my dad used to call me when I would lose right. a tooth. We're going to call him Toothless Rick. That's right. So was- anyway, all sorts yeah. of exciting things that are very different than normal. So we're very sorry. We're very sorry. No, we're fine, Karen. We're going to be beautiful tonight. I have my friend Sean Snowberger. We'll be on shortly. We're going to talk about a vision he had at a seance that we did at my house a while back, and I wanted Karen's uh, expertise. Why am I? The, you hear that? What? Right, so, I was sort of popping on the mic there. Uh, yes, we want Karen's expertise on his visions, and I'm kind of curious at what what you think about this too. So you know, I don't want to say too much now, but um, I want to, I want to hear all about it. So we brought we're just going to suck him into the show and and draw him out as, as long as we can, and then we'll just chat about whatever. Like your lovely yeah. tomato you got today. You got a lovely tomato, didn't you? I did. I was cranky. Like so <laughs> I, I took the afternoon off because I was cranky. And okay. I can do that because I'm self-employed. Okay. <laughs> so, That's nice. I can't do that when I'm cranky. I have to go to work. That's right. I called my boss and I said, I'm cranky. I'm taking the afternoon off. No. And so anyway, I, I took the afternoon off and I drove up to Olympia to the farmer's market with Tanner. And we each we each got something. Jib got some... some um, they bake these nuts with like cinnamon coating and stuff at the farmer's market. They smell really good. So we got some of those for Jim and Tanner got the hot sticks. He likes these fresh made sausage hot sticks. So he got those and I got a tomato. <laughs> we just went, we went from like, it was like cinnamon and we went to hot and then I was like, oh, I got a tomato. I have, I, I have this ongoing love affair with fresh heirloom tomatoes, fresh local heirloom tomatoes. Every summer, I wait for them. I haunt yes. the farmer's markets until they're available. <laughs> and they were available today, and I was super excited. Actually, I bought two tomatoes. And I so, you're like the, you're, so you're like the tomato stalker, like the guy that's like mm-hmm. a week ahead. He's like, the lady's out there again, honey. Should we just get her tomatoes now? And they're like, no, she has to wait a week. I do. I stock for tomatoes and I stock for garlic scapes because <laughs> garlic scapes are only available um, for about a, a one to two weeks every year. What the heck are garlic scapes? They are the top of, um, so when garlic grows, the bulb grows under the dirt and the top, this green kind of 
tentacle thing comes out of the top. Okay. And you cut you cut that off just before it goes to seed, mm-hmm. just before it flowers. And you can cut it up in soups and stir fries and things. And it has a milder garlic flavor that is so delicious. Oh, that's good because I, garlic. I like garlic, but you know sometimes people get a little wacko with the garlic, and then pretty much all you taste is not the food that it's part supposed to be part of. You just taste just nothing but garlic, and it's just kind of overkill for me. No, garlic scapes are awesome. Awesome, they're so delicious. But seriously, they're available for anywhere between like two week, two to four weeks every summer. Usually in June, you have to catch them really fast. I got you. So I stock the farmers market for that and heirloom tomatoes. Uh, but you didn't say anything about like uh, sweet corn. Do you like corn on the cob, or you know? Um, I love sweet corn, and I I like to make like corn chowder and stuff with it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. later in the year for us. Oh, okay. Because we're already, yeah, we're in sweet corn season, lady. Oh right no, now. that's later. It's you know, although we've had a pretty hot summer, so so pretty yeah. soon. And of course, as you know, I write cookbooks, and I write um, a lot of things around local seasonal foods because really? anything that yeah, so. Most of my recipes are centered on local seasonal foods because when you buy foods that are local and in mm-hmm. season, they are just so much more flavorful. And you really almost need to do nothing. People are under the impression that I'm a good cook. And it's mm-hmm. not that. It's that I buy really good ingredients and I almost have to do <laughs> nothing to them. So you're so, faking everybody out with your good ingredients and making my, them a good cook. My <laughs> secret is out. I'm not that good of a cook. It's the ingredients. That's interesting. Now, I, I'm not, I'm a terrible cook. I well, you know, I'm a guy. I'm a guy cook. Yeah. And if you know, guy cooks are pretty much you know turn on high. Um, if I can sear it and burn it and cook it, then you know I can eat it. I'm good. You know what I mean? Grill it or I, open the can. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do that too. I can open a mean can, Karen. Yeah, Jim can too. <laughs> Jim's really good at. We don't use the grill anymore. We have a smoker, so he smokes everything. Really. And yeah, and it's delicious. Um, but he's also, what he does when he cooks is he gets on a single ingredient kick. So for like, if you hear grunting, by the way, it's my old dog who's sitting right next to the microphone now and he will probably fart. So I'm just going to tell you that now. Sorry. Um, anyway, so like for when we were first together, I hurt my back and so I wasn't able to cook for a while because I was in serious pain. And Uh so Jim started cooking. He discovered Emerald Lagasse's kicked up garlic salad dressing. And he used it on everything. Everything I ate. And fortunately, I was on pain pills. So, you know, what else? (laughs) But everything I ate had this Emerald Lagasse's kicked up garlic. And the height of it was one night he hadn't been shopping. There was hardly anything in the house. So mm-hmm. he found corn tortillas, green beans, and emeralds kicked up garlic and tried to turn that into a burrito. Ew. Yeah, it was and, yeah. good. Even, it, it, didn't, it even got past the happy layer of my narcotics. <laughs> so say, how did that taste? But you just answered that. That's disgusting. <laughs> it, was, it was not tasty. I do believe that he and the kids hopped in the car and went and got something. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, yeah, Dad, we're not eating that burrito bean thing. I don't know what you're Oh, doing. no. Well, he figured beans. There are beans and burritos. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's refried beans. It's not like, you're talking green beans, right? Yeah, I'm talking green oh, beans. Oh, Lord. Absolutely, I am. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not in burritos. Those are refried beans. That's different. No. Jim, well, that's different. there is a reason that I cook. I do the cooking, and he does the, he smokes <laughs> the meat. Oh, there you go. Well, thank go. God he didn't try to smoke the burrito. 
Not that anymore. Well, we didn't have the smoker back then. He got the smoker for Christmas. Maybe it was either it was two years ago now. Oh. Quit sniffing the microphone, Spike. <laughs> <laughs> and he um so he got it for Christmas, mm-hmm. and for the first three, probably two to three months. Mm-hmm. He used it all the time. I was so sick of smoked meat. Wait, do you see what's happening in the chat room right now? We have Chad saying we should do a paranormal cooking show. Uh-huh. And then we have the Haunted... I like the Haunted Chef, Cheryl. I could do that's, that. Yeah, that's, that's I think so. snappy. You know, well, Cheryl, well, that, could be a, uh, that could be for the magazine. That could be a, uh, a column. But how would you, see, I mean, I what would you do? It. What would you do paranormal-wise for cooking? I put a little trademark oh. on that. Oh, it's taken? Oh. Ghosts Tarnished. don't eat. <laughs> I guess that's taken. I thought I was being clever, and I trademarked it oh, in, in the, the chat room. Although, <laughs> although, we were up at Wellington one time, and apparently a ghost baked a tray of cookies. What? I'm, I'm sorry? I never told you this story. No. Uh, no, you need to share this. <laughs> I actually have written a children's poem about it that my friend Rocky Smith is supposed to illustrate, but he hasn't done it. So William, William Becker, um, who's a good friend of the show, writes for the magazine, uh, was was up at Wellington with a group of people, and they smelled vanilla. And William was like, well, there's a lady here, because he's a psychic. There's a lady here, and she has some cookies, and she'd like you to eat one of your cookies. So Rocky just, like, holds out his hand for a cookie, mm-hmm. and William looks at him, and he says, no, they're on a tray. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky takes the cookie, and William just stands there, and he's, like, pretend nibbling on it. <laughs> Rocky's like, what do I do with this? Oh my god! Because there's nothing there. It's like yeah, those cookies. He's pantomiming, nibbling on this cookie. <laughs> I asked him. I said, "So, did it taste like anything?" William said, "No, it wasn't a cookie." <laughs> of course not. It was a. <laughs> oh my god! So there you go. I even have go. cooking stories about haunted places. Wow! I can marry it all together here. On Paranormal Underground Radio because I'm just that good. And look, Sean, our, our <laughs> guest, made a great suggestion in the chat room. Ghost-shaped marshmallow peeps. Hey! Has that, has that been done? Hello? They have oh, made those. You know, yeah. I just was reading about marshmallow peeps, though, that they put um, titanium dioxide in them. I'm sorry. Ooh, that doesn't they put, sound They good. use microparticles of titanium dioxide, like the stuff you put on your nose. Well, that's that's probably not good for you, is to it? Make it? To make it white. No, that's no. something that they we that they're starting so. to talk about is that they're using microparticles of things in processed foods, microparticles yeah. of like metals and things in processed food to color them, and they're not being regulated by the FDA. So well, wait, well, you said to make them white. Aren't marshmallows already already there? Oh, to make speak. them whiter. Whiter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> white and nerdy. Well, and there's something about one of the red dyes comes from like beetle skins or beetle wings or something. Ew. If you knew what they made artificial vanilla, I think it's vanilla. Now, you don't quote me on this because I could be wrong, but there's Uh one flavoring, and I think it's seriously, I think it's vanilla that comes from like the anal glands of beetles or something ridiculous like that. Did you say the anal area of a beetle? Anal glands. But still. (laughs) Ew. No. Yeah, processed foods are nasty. Oh, man. Boxes and cans and bags, all these ingredients, and they give them, like, these names so that you don't know what they are. But they're gross. <laughs> well, yeah, if you said, hey, and this is made with anal glands from a beetle, I don't think everyone's <laughs> going to eat it. 
It's like Soylent Green. <laughs> Nobody would have eaten that crap if they had known it was people. Yeah, see, Chad just put beetle butts. Who'd eat it? Yeah, here, has some. these are good marshmallows. They're made out of beetle butts. They're really good. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. I'm just saying that food scientists <laughs> do really, use really interesting things to recreate well, flavors. Maybe it was raspberry that was the well, beetle butts. Well, I don't I mean, remember how, now. Well, you, you can think about it. How, all right, this is going to, just we're just tangenting off into weird things, but how yeah. do you come about saying, you know what, I think if you try that beetle butt gland stuff, it might work really good with this food and taste good. I, mean, I don't know, but why did somebody first eat, like, an artichoke? It's this big spiny thistle thing. Why would somebody think, hey, I'm going to boil this and then rub my teeth along the bottom leaves? Yes. Who thinks of that? Or, you know, hey, this snail looks delicious. Let me stuff some herbs and butter in it. Well, it's like that crazy show on, was it, Bizarre Foods? It's on the Travel Channels. That dude eats some stuff that I wouldn't even get near me. Not even near It's has some sheep balls. Mmm. No. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the that's the snout to um, tail thing. That's a big movement in food right now. Eating what? snout to tail. In other words, eating the entire animal and not letting any of it go to waste. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Not big on awful, Cheryl. That sounds terrible. <laughs> you don't what want is to eat it? No. Snap the tail. Well, then you better stop eating hot dogs. Oh, God. I love hot dogs. Yeah, you don't want to know what's in hot dogs. Don't ask her. Karen, I actually, don't say anything. I already know. And I still eat uh, them, so maybe I guess I would still eat them. You do eat, eat entrails. I, oh, God. Oh, God. Do you, know, do you know what I had for lunch today? And I am not kidding. A what? hot dog. Hot dog. With raspberries, beetle butt <laughs> With sauce. beetle butt on top. Yeah. Beetle butt sauce and entrails. <clears throat> and a marshmallow peep oh, for dessert. Yeah. <laughs> this is the food you can find a lot on Paranormal Underground Radio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should probably go to break. And I promise when we come back, we'll be talking paranormal. Right, Chuck? Yes, we will. Uh, yes, we, I promise. So stick around, guys. We're going to go to break. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. From Jung's hauntings, psychic phenomena, demonology, urban legends, and so much more, where all these things come together. Paranormal Underground Magazine. Explore the unexplained. Hey everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the AZ Radio Network. Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, a paranormal memoir, my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council.
Hi, this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Sitting in for Rick Hale tonight, Chucky G. Hello. Hello, and of course Hello. I'm I'm cranky Karen who's coming from the tin <laughs> can. I just thought of another reason I was cranky. Why is that? Because everybody was driving like an idiot today. Just today? Apparently. Hmm. Or maybe I was cranky and I noticed it more. I was going to say that because everybody around here drives pretty much like idiots every day. All right, then. So, um, since you are responsible for our guest, I'm going to let you introduce him. Well, thank you so very much. Our guest this evening will be a a man by the name of Sean Snowberger. He is a, he's my training tech, tech, is he training, trainee, tech manager for In the Dark. Wait, training or trainee? Trainee. Okay. I'm tr- yeah, I'm training Sean how to bark, roll over, speak. No. Basically, he's uh, on the group, and uh, we're kind of he's he's going to start taking over Larry, who's my old tech manager's spot. So we're going to bring him on because I want to talk to him about some visions he had when we did a Sans re- re- recently. So, Sean, would you like to say hello? Hello. Hello. See, he's well trained. Very good. That's Sean. right. Very good. So <laughs> you're just good, doing Sean. a good job of training so far. Yeah. Speak, Sean. Speak. Am I allowed to sit now? Yes. Yes. Can. So, how is how is Chuck as a trainer? I love Chuck. <laughs> that you you have to say that. <laughs> no, he doesn't really have to say that. He can say whatever he wants. It's okay. okay. We all love Chucky e. G. That's right. Does he make you call him Chucky e. G? He does not. <laughs> uh, that's because yes, ego hasn't gotten too too big yet. No, no. So I want to know what on earth you guys were doing having a seance in the first place. Um, and is this something people should try at home? Well, see, I just wanted to, I never experienced it. I'll answer for this part of it, but I never wanted, I never experienced a seance before. You know, and I, you know, it's just like anything you see on TV and the movies, whatever, but I wanted to know what it was really all about, you know. Plus, uh, I had a friend who, recently passed about four months ago, by name of Val, and I know he's been around me, but I figured this might be a way for him to come through even more, you know what I mean, so I could uh, make contact with him. And so um, uh, my wife is is interested in this stuff also, and, you know, Sean is my friend, and he's, he was interested in it, plus he's always at the group. So and I had one other guy from work, and then, um, my, of course, my friend Stephen Lambert from uh, the U.K. was in, so it's like we got, we got a hold of Nancy Laporta, and uh, I asked her, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing this? Because I just want to, I, you know, I like to experience all the different things in our field. So sure. she said, sure. And there we go. That's it. I haven't been involved in a seance since I was maybe like nine or ten years old. We used to have them in my friend's closet. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. would always try to summon like George Washington or something. <laughs> really? Did it work? No, of course not. We were kids. Yeah, okay. It usually devolved into burp and fart jokes fairly quickly. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it really, 
it, it was interesting because, it, you know, I, I expected it to be a certain way. You know, you have this preconceived notion of how a Saiyan should be, you know, where, like, the head tilts back and she starts speaking in another tongue or whatever, you know. You get that weird idea in your head. Or uh, they'll speak through her and so her voice will change or whatever, which I guess sometimes can happen. But it was, it was the odd way that it all transpired where... Okay, we're all sitting on, you know, like kind of like foldable chairs, you know, and I had one that was totally metal. What and chairs? So, uh, you know, like fold, folding chairs, you know, like oh, metal okay. folding chairs. So I had mine. Uh, Steve had his. Some of the other ones were padded, but... Oh, hello. And, Sorry. Um, that's okay. So they were... So Nancy was like... It was Nancy, then me, then Sean, then my wife, then my other friend from work, and then Steve, and then back to Nancy. So the first thing is uh, she says, Al's here, and he's coming through. And my chair started to vibrate. And I don't mean vibrate like, you know, humming like vibrating. I mean like someone tapping the bottom of the chair, where it's actually bumping me up and down. And, and it was kept going more and more and more. And so it got to the point where Sean will tell you, uh, he was sitting next to me, and he, he, he finally just looked at me, because I wasn't saying anything at first. And could you feel it on the floor, Sean? Yeah, it was uh, pretty much bouncing the entire floor. <laughs> wow. So it got to that crazy point, and then um, and I said, well, wh what the heck does this mean? This is a way to you know converse with me or whatever? And she said, well, uh, Al just is laughing. He said he's bouncing his butt up and down because he, he, he just wanted to really get your attention. And I go, well, he's got my attention, you know. And he just thought it was funny, so that was his way of kind of coming through. So And it happened, and it kept going for like, a good 20 minutes or more until she finally said he was pulling back and then things changed. And when he came back again later on, it happened again, it even, even more. And then it finally, I said, well, can you go, can you go like around the room to Lisa? Can you touch Lisa or do something? And then Lisa, my wife, all of a sudden she got pushed like from behind. She felt someone just push her. And she says, yes, he just pushed me. And I said, okay. And then the floor started bouncing and the center underneath the table where you could actually hear like kicking from our basement, which is pretty high up from the floor down in the basement, but it was actually bouncing, and then everybody could feel the floor. It was like railroad tracks. It was kind of weird. Hmm. So it was very interesting that uh, the energy was coming through like that. So then, of course, we were allowed to, you know, you know, to ask, you know, do you want to talk to somebody? So I had Al, of course, Steve. Um, somebody came through for Steve, which he didn't even know, but he was definitely connected to, which was, an, I guess, a nice entity. Um, and, and, uh, Kind of was trying to go back and forth with him, and it was and his chair started vibrating, and you could feel it from our side. And then um, I went around the room. My wife had a, a friend who passed away at thirty from breast cancer, and Nancy started mentioning certain things about people that were in the room when she was passing away, which nobody knew about. I didn't even know about. And she was ex explaining like the whole scene as it was happening. And my wife started to cry because it was exactly what was happening, and she knew then who it was. Um, and then. Uh, we went to my other friend, and there wasn't much with him. And then Sean said he wanted to talk to his grandfather, which this is what will lead into this. But then, uh, at first, you didn't say that you, when I when I said, "Hey, I was sorry that you uh, didn't get to talk to your grandfather." You didn't say anything to me. Is that correct, Sean? That's correct. All right. Yeah. So he didn't like he didn't admit anything right off the, the bat. It wasn't until weeks later when he came forward and told me what he told me. So, do you want to tell? So, you know, so everybody else knows that's listening, you want to kind of tell Karen in your words, like, how it all felt and transpired, I think that would probably be the best way. Because, I mean, she kind of knows already, but we, I want everybody else to hear it. So you go ahead and tell us, tell us what happened. All right, so 
Nancy had just uh, mentioned that you can try and like call a spirit to come and talk to you. So I was focusing on trying to get my grandfather to come and talk to us because, you know, I miss him and wanted to talk to him. And uh, so I was sitting there focusing on that. Uh, after a while, um, my eyes just automatically closed, like kind of like when you get really tired and your eyes just start sort of sort of fall and just close on you. And uh, as I'm doing this, I'm uh, kind of visualizing things. And I just like, it was almost like I appeared in my grandparents' backyard and I was walking up to the house. And as I walked in the back door, I uh, walked in the house, saw the house as it was before he died. Um, he used to have papers all over the table and everything, so I saw all that. Walked around the house. Um, I looked into each each bedroom, saw everything the way it was before he died. Um, as I finished walking through the house, I got back to the living room, and I saw him sitting there, but I just kind of like walked past him at first and was looking out the window, looking outside. And when I was looking outside, everything outside kind of just faded to black, like pitch black, couldn't see outside. So I turned back around and I look at him. <clears throat> and uh, as I'm looking at him, I'm seeing his, the features of his body. I can see his hands. His hands were uh, distinct. You, you would know his hands if you knew him. Um, but I, I tried to look at his face, and no matter how hard I concentrated on that, I could not see his face. I could see everything else about him, I just couldn't see his face. And the longer I sat there looking at him, I, uh, I'd try to focus on his face, and then I couldn't see it, and it would, I would just, uh, start, uh, going over memories in my head. Like, I would see times that we spent together, like I saw us fishing, when he used to take us fishing off the docks, I saw him when a, uh, we he took us to Burger King, and uh, then I saw uh, when he got a new china cabinet, and he was showing us how to use it and everything. So he was showing you scenes from his life then? Yeah, it was kind of like memories that okay. I had of him. Okay. So was, uh, and this is apropos of nothing, but was your grandfather not very tall? No, he wasn't very tall at all. Was he kind of a stereotypical little old man? I don't know if I'd call him stereotypical, but... I, I mean, in, in looks. Point. Kind of thinning hair. Um, fairly thin, like... I see a guy with glasses and a comb over on the top. Is that your grandfather? He didn't have a comb over, but he did wear uh, pretty big glasses. Pretty big glasses, yeah. But yeah. did he? Was he? He didn't have anything on the top, or very little. Uh, he actually had a full head of hair. It was just okay. Uh, then that's not your grandfather in seeing. Okay, uh, <laughs> it just <was> silver. <laughs> it was silvered. Okay, just curious. All right. So what I want to talk to you about the vision is because the way that I approach these things is um, just strictly from a dream interpretation standpoint. And um, when we have, and that's what Chuck asked me to do, 
And I, I told Chuck I'm not sure how it's going to fit because what you saw was a little different than a dream. Because in a dream, our subconscious communicates with us and it tells us things and it tells us things not in a straightforward way that we can wake up and say, wow, that makes perfect sense, but in a way that we wake up and we say, holy crap, that was weird. Um, and so I have a hunch that your vision, a lot of it, was just really your grandfather communicating with you and saying, remember when we did this, remember when we did this. But there are some symbols in your vision that do correspond with dream symbols, and so I want to ask you about them and see if they make any sense to you. Um, so the first one is um, your grandfather was faceless, and in a dream, when someone appears to you in a way that's faceless, what it's telling you is that um, that there's something with the identity of that person that doesn't mesh with what you know about them in real life. So um, is that anything that would make sense to you? Do you feel like you didn't know your grandfather as a whole person? Did you, um, you know, do you, is there anything that that would make sense with? Um, I guess I could see something like that, like, saying I didn't know him as a whole person because I've heard some from some other uh, some other members of the family that he wasn't very nice when they were younger. Okay. And to me, he was always very nice and very friendly. And... Well, sure, he loved you. But okay, so so did you hear that after he died, you learned that about him? Yeah. So my guess is that was, then was. Um, the faceless part of him and you being unable to is because there's a part of you that has to have wondered if you really knew who your grandfather was. Would that be true? I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I thought I, I thought I knew him pretty well. Sure. I never sure. pictured him being mean to anybody. Sure. Well, and that's a really hard thing to picture when you have this image of somebody it's like you find out that, you know, somebody that you loved and was so wonderful you, for instance, has like a criminal past or something, and it's hard to mesh those two things together. I know after my grandfather died, and he, I, same as you, I just thought he was the most wonderful man, and he, he was always nice and wonderful to us, and he died when I was about 12. And I found out after the fact that he was a raging alcoholic and really not a nice guy when he drank, and I never saw that. And for the rest of my life, there's been part of me who's that's always struggled to kind of reconcile what people told me about this raging alcoholic person with this guy that was my sweet grandfather, you know? Right. Yeah, and so uh, that would be probably what the facelessness is representing. Um, so when you look out a window into a backyard, you said you started in the backyard at yes. your grandfather's house. So the backyard... Um, typically represents childhood. When you're a little kid, you go out and play, you do fun stuff in the backyard. So in a dream, from a dream standpoint, the backyard represents your childhood. Um, in the house where your grandfather lived, is that the house where he lived when you were growing up and spending time with him? Yes. Okay. So um, it was just a reminder of your childhood. And then the house usually represents the soul in a dream. But I think in this case, what the house is, and everything else that you had, really what it represents is that your grandfather was sharing memories with you. And the faceless part was just him, um, just you trying to reconcile things that you've learned about him. And when you learn those kinds of things about somebody you love who's died, don't you kind of wish that you never had learned that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's acknowledging it. 
by not having the face, he's acknowledging your your struggle. So he was trying to communicate with you, and he was acknowledging, hey, I understand you have this struggle. Now let me show you who I am as your grandfather. Because really, in the end, you know what really matters in your relationship with your grandfather? Who he was to you. Right. The other stuff is about other people. And that's that's uh, here's and I had a question about all this that you know because you're talking about all this but um and we're and we're dealing with it from like a like you said you're dealing it from a dream standpoint uh, trying to put you know place these things in order was it or, or I guess my question is was it him was it his grandfather coming forward and actually communicating in this particular manner with him like tapping into his memories and saying hey I'm here and showing yeah, him this so. stuff. You think so? Yeah, because I mean, because I know that he is, I know it's Sean that said, you know, when, um, which is weird, he said that you felt like, didn't you say like you felt like you were going to fall asleep, like you were getting pulled in somehow? Was that correct? I don't know as if I felt like I was falling asleep. It's just uh, my eyes kind of closed automatically, and I, I felt like I wasn't 100% at the table we were sitting at. Yeah. Okay. And you yeah. weren't you weren't controlling the things that were happening. You were observing them. Yes. Right. Right. Well, and you know, that's that's how that you have that experience. It's almost like being in a little bit of a state of hypnosis. Um, but in this case you were just pulled into a vision and this was the way your grandfather communicated with you. And I think that's wonderful because I think that that's something that you need to look at as you start spending more time on paranormal investigations and things. Um don't Chuck's gonna probably whack me over the head for saying this. Don't always be so focused on the equipment that you don't pay attention to things that you're seeing and sensing and feeling. Because my guess is if you could experience your grandfather's communication in that way at that sounds, that when you investigate you can also experience spirits trying to communicate with you in a similar way. So I would recommend that Every time you go to a haunted location or go on an investigation, that before you get really absorbed into the equipment, that you take some time, you take a pad and a pen, and you go sit somewhere, and you close your eyes, and you tune in, and you see what happens. No, uh, no, I agree. I think that's a, I think that's a, a great uh, piece of advice. Because, you know, because, and it's true, because when I first started out, and, you know, like when I was a guest on the show on Paranormal Underground for the first time, um, I was just kind of absorbed in ooh, all the flashy lights and stuff like that, you know, um, because I, I'd done a long time the other way, so then you would have think I'd known better, but when I got drawn in like everybody else, all the new equipment, all this, blah, blah, and then you start focusing on all that stuff, and then you forget that you have to go back to square one, and you have to start where, you know, you as a person, that's the most important tool that you can have, that you need to, to, mm-hmm. to feel your, you know, like pay attention to your surroundings, feel what's going on, just like let yourself immerse in the situation, um, and then step forward and, and do what you need to do as far as. Yep. You know, and and so, yeah. don't doubt what you see, hear, feel, experience, you know, whether it's a pain in your chest mm-hmm. or difficulty breathing or you see a person or you hear a name or any of those things, and it may be nothing, you may get absolutely nothing, and that's fine too, but don't dismiss any sensation that comes to you, any thought, any feeling, any sensation that comes to you. Right. So, so Sean, do you, did, did that did it answer anything? Do you have any other questions you want to ask about it? Did, did it not answer your questions? or? Well, that was uh, pretty insightful, actually. <laughs> 
There you go. Look at that. Well, you I'm pretty curious, safe. Uh, and, and you don't have to answer this because it may be personal, but I'm curious as to why you didn't fess up originally that you had had this experience. <laughs> That's what I said, too. So I'd like to hear the answer to this, Sean. And you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Quiet, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I kind of more or less didn't really understand what was happening to me. I didn't know if yes. I was just, like imagining things or if I was just sure. like trying to focus so hard that I was just remembering things. Sure. I, I didn't know if this actually was anything. So then, so... I, I think it was. I, I it it does sound like it was, and the reason is um, really the faceless thing to me is a big sign that it was because you had no idea what that meant. Yet when we just discussed it, it made total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, so go ahead Joe. that to me I thought was the weirdest part because I, I knew my grandpa my whole life I know what he looks like so yeah. to see faceless it was just odd to me it's a symbol yeah you know and, and this is one of the things that drives me nuts as a medium is that sometimes they're really straightforward and they will communicate with you by you know they will come up to you and they will say there's something in the drawer in the closet upstairs in the bedroom but usually they won't. Usually they'll show you, you know, a fish hook and a rope and a pirate with a peg leg. And, you know, and, they, and then you have to figure out what all this stuff means. Trailer and it's just, drums. yeah, yeah. I have, I had the one that just drove me nuts is that she was determined to communicate with me. But she, the only way she could do it was by making me, making the room spin three times around and go black. And she did it like five or six times. And where I felt like I was having a stroke, and I finally just said, did somebody have a stroke? And the lady was like, oh, my God, yeah, my mother is lying here. It's like, okay, <laughs> there you go. So I have a question for Sean, though, because I didn't get to ask this. I didn't even get to ask this uh, personally. But So you said that at first you didn't, you didn't say anything because you weren't sure if it was like just like you were imagining it or whatever. So what changed your mind to come and... And tell me, like I, I know you came up with me. Is that wasn't it at work when you came up to me and said, "Hey, I want to tell you something about the yeah. seance." And then yes, when you told me, so what changed your mind? What made you think that maybe it was more than just your imagination, or maybe it was something significant that you wanted to find out? I mean, what 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 what, what took you down that path? Well, I did feel, because I did feel a little weird when it was happening to me. Like I almost felt like I was kind of leaving my body. I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew I was sitting at the table, but because I kept feeling my arms twitch and everything, but I almost felt like my mind wasn't with my body. That's called an altered state, my friend. (laughs) Yep. So then, but then you felt that, but then you felt it was important to tell me because... Because the other thing was, uh, Nancy had mentioned something about uh, Steve not knowing he was a medium. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I was like thinking, uh, well, does, is it possible to be sensitive and not know you're sensitive? <laughs> yeah, you understand that that's what I was just telling you, right? That I'm sensitive? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's when I said on investigations, you need to pay attention to those things. Don't get so caught up. That's what I was telling you. I'm sorry, okay. did, I, did I leave that part out? <laughs> so I was like, what? I love what? <laughs> yes, yes, I, I think that you probably have some sensitivities. The fact that you were able to get into that altered state that quickly and easily, and then you had visions 
and you experience things tells me that, yes, that there's some sensitivity there. Because if you didn't have that, if you were just a psychic brick, that wouldn't have happened to you. True. I got you. That's true. So, um, so since we have Sean on the line right now, and we've talked about his visions and such. What I want to ask, I want to ask you, um, cause I know when you, when you first, uh, when I first said, Hey, you want to come and, you know, go on an investigation and cause I know you'd always been interested for me coming and talking about it at work and, and stuff like that. But what, when you first, when you did an investigation with us, when you finally came and did one, what, what drew you to wanting to stay with it? You know what I mean? Like what made you want to, what what interested you to keep you uh, doing it with me? Well, I've, I've always kind of had like a, an interest in it. I, I grew up Christian where my parents always told me there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as spirits except for God. Mm-hmm. But when and I was the Holy young, Ghost. It, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I was younger, I, I kind of, I used to hear things every now and then, um, when we first moved here, I saw someone standing in my closet. Oh, you're sensitive, honey. <laughs> Go on. I, I even saw someone standing in in uh, the back of where I work at at Office Max. Oh, really? So I didn't know this. Where in? You mean in receiving? Yeah, I told you about that, Chuck. Was it? Oh, oh, yeah. That's why. We went, and that's when we thought it what might have been Wanda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I remember. So, <laughs> so, so, so you've been sensing things a lot longer than even before I've known you. Yeah. Okay. And did, what did you? So, what were your thought processes every time this happened? Did you just think oh, I'm just freaking out. I'm just imagining. Is that what your thought process was on this? At first, yeah. <laughs> before okay. I met you. Okay. Well, that's a pretty. That's a pretty common thought process. Um, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I spent 25 years running away from my abilities, and like, no, I just made this up in my head. I imagined this. I must be crazy, you know, before I actually started to work with it. So it's very common that people have these things that happen, and the more things people have happen, the more chances are that they're having some kind of a, a psychic abilities that are bringing those in. Um, you know, because there are people who go through their lives and never have anything happen to. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So then, so then, you when you when you met me, that's when you decided you would want to maybe figure out what's going on. Is that what you're saying? Or well, actually, a little bit before I met you, I started thinking. Um, I think there is ghosts and spirits around us, mm-hmm. and then when I met you uh, as a paranormal investigator. I kind of listened to what you had to say and uh, listened to the, you showed me EVPs and things like that that you had found. And I was like, well, then maybe I'm not imagining things. Maybe this is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that I, I made it so that you don't think you're crazy. I, I, you're not I, crazy. I, you're not crazy. No. no. So, so, but now you're into it with me as you're training to be a tech manager. Um, uh, my right hand guy, you know what I mean? Um, and how are you liking it so far, being in the field in general? Well, our first investigation, I was a little nervous because I wasn't exactly sure <laughs> what we were going to do. I, I mean, I, right. you told me all the equipment, told me how to use it. Right. I just had never actually been out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, so, and what, go on. 
So, so what it so what it was like when you're when you were out there? How did you feel when we did it? I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I really. It's did. kind of addictive, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing: is that you can't get too addicted to the equipment, though, or you'll never have money again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh man. Man, I tell you. You know, so, and you buy all these, you buy all these gadgets, and they're so ooh shiny, and you use them once or twice, and then they wind up in a closet somewhere. <laughs> Listen to Karen, Chuck. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I, I have enough. I stopped buying my equipment. It's like okay, I, I have enough. I just got to work with what I got, and but uh, you know, but we've we've moved on to trying a lot of out of the box theories and stuff too. So, and uh, so Sean's gonna start learning some of the weird ways of. But I like to go because we were just talking about it uh, tonight. Um, like when we go on investigations, I want to start doing um, where you know you, you have a paranormal activity in a location, if, especially if it's an indoor location. Um, but I like to really, I'm 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 crazy in trying to baseline like the the building inside mm-hmm. and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really I really I really want to look into like this is sound maybe this will sound stupid, but I want to look into like the ground itself. Like you know w- when you do gardening, they have uh, d- uh, meters that you can put into the ground because EMF yeah. or you know it can be Point in the ground because it helps. Stuff like yeah, that, yeah. Right, it, it helps you know plants grow. And I want to know if uh, on locations that are purported to be haunted, are is is it higher in the ground? You know what I mean? Is the I'm trying to look for more connections than just, you know, the, oh, let's go inside and turn the K2 on and stuff like that. I'm looking for more substantial ways to try to gather data, at least, in a way that might, you know, give some end results, yeah. that, you know, be a little more well, interesting. So we, we just started talking about that, Sean and I. So. And the field needs more people like you because... Um, you know, we we need those measurements and things, and you're not going to get them from people like me. I mean, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm barely allowed to touch tech because <laughs> of my bad effect I have on it. So I did want to um, suggest one thing with Sean sure. on investigations. Chuck, yeah, sure. if you're, you're up for it. Oh, sure, yeah. That's that I would um, take him into investigations blind. Okay. So don't give him any information about the place. Okay. And see what he can come up with. Ooh, I like that. What do you think and, about that, Sean? And then, Sean, what you need to do is you need to see what you can come up with by yourself and then tell one person on the team, whether it's Chuck or somebody else, is fine. But just tell him and have it written down and then go into the investigation um, because it can kind of maybe stretch your abilities a little bit. And then investigation really opens up if you also have some sensitivity that goes with it as well. It scared me for a minute when you said blind. I thought you were going to put a blindfold on me. No, no. <laughs> By blind, I mean just don't, that you don't know anything about, about the location. So you don't know the history or you don't know what people are claiming is happening or anything like that. I was going to say, sometimes I can be a little klutzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we could, me too. Yeah, we could strap something around his eyes. That's a good idea, I think. We'll just well, do that. You know, we'll we just... actually have a local team who they take their psychics to the investigations in the car blindfolded, so they don't even know where they're going. <laughs> God, it's like being kidnapped. <laughs> and then they get once they're out of the car, they take them into the location and take the blindfolds off. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can't, so, for me, so, but, <laughs> but I wasn't say- saying that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so what do you think about that, Sean? Do you think you'd be? Uh, I, I'm up for it if you are. I mean, we're, we're of course you already know about the investigation next week, so we can't use that one. But the the other one that we have with uh, Melissa, I mean, I give you some information, but not a lot. So we could we could try that and have you just go in, sit down, and try to see what you feel and write down whatever. So you're saying like maybe have him go in, sit down, pad a paper, a pen, and just start. Yeah. Writing things out, whatever he feels. Yeah, boom, 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 yeah. I boom. want him to go in like he's a psychic. Absolutely. Right, and so you he... may feel so stupid when you do it <laughs> uh, initially. You may just think, "Oh my god, I'm such a fraud. This is so stupid. Why am I doing this? I don't have these abilities." That Karen chick is nuts. And I understand <laughs> all of those things. Um, but that's how you stretch yourself and grow. And when you start to get those hits and you start to get the confirmation of those things. It really gives you some confidence, and it allows you to really to work your way into your abilities. And working with Nancy would be good, too. So you're oh, yeah. saying basically just go in, shut my eyes, and just try to focus yep. on what's there? Yep, yep. Spend, spend a half an hour or so just sort of in quiet time and see what you can figure out. I could give that a try. I like yeah. that. We should try that, yeah. Well, yeah, we spent a lot of time with Nancy. Nancy, in fact, is going on. In fact, Nancy's the one who hooked us up on this investigation. We're going to a residence next week. Um, uh, and she's the one that, um, I guess she talked with these people, and they they had a local paranormal group that they had in mind to do it. And then Nancy said, no, no, no. Uh, you need to talk to my friend Chuck. Um, so then she they came to me, and then um, I talked to them and stuff, and they were very happy with, you know, my... My attitude, I guess, and the way I approached it, and then um, so yes, Nancy's going to come out with us, uh, uh, you know, next week, and we're actually we're just meeting her out there, and we're gonna we're gonna go in together and see how us how it how it you know works, but it seems to work pretty good. So very cool. So but yes, I like it. So there you go, Sean. Now you can be my psychic. <laughs> I think we should still have Nancy. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that if you have these abilities. Um, they're just going to keep nagging at you until you start to work with them anyway. <laughs> you, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. Okay. Uh, you you have them for a reason, and now all of a sudden you're doing this paranormal investigation stuff. So it might be uh, it might be beneficial to you and to your team and to the spirits and everyone else if you if you give it a give it a shot. She's saying, Sean, you need to man it up. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to put a label on it. You don't have to start calling yourself a psychic medium. You don't have to do any of that. I just want you to go sit quietly and see what you notice. I think that would be good. I think that would be a good, uh, uh, good test to see how that how it works. You know what I mean? And, and then we can, I can come back to you and tell you how it transpired because it might it might be it'd be interesting to see if we, if it's a lot more hits than he thinks. You know what I mean? That would be kind of I, cool. I actually think it's something that that every team should do with every new investigator. Really? Mm -hmm. Just anybody in general? Just mm -hmm. get someone new, let them get a mm -hmm. shot? And mm -hmm. Sure, because what I hear from people over and over and over again, and, you know, I've talked to a lot of people in the paranormal field. Mm -hmm. you, you hear this all the time is that the more I investigated, the more I felt like I was sensitive. And yes. the more I and and mine just started out really as what I would call my spidey sense, um, mm. where I would just get the physical, you know, that hair on the back of your neck, hair on your arms, type yeah. of thing, mm -hmm. and um, because that was the only thing I knew to pay attention to. Gotcha. 
But once I started being quiet and really focusing and paying attention, I realized not only was there a lot more going on, but there had been a lot more going on for a long time. And to me, it, a lot of things from my past started to make sense. Like I understood why I can't go to Walmart because I'm mm-hmm. empathic and there's just too many people and too much emotion. And I get within, you know, 20 feet of the place and break into a flop sweat and get anxious and get panicky and, you know, or yeah. why I couldn't live in apartments or dorms or mm-hmm. things like that. I, I figured that it, all of a sudden everything started to make sense from my past. So, so, you, so in essence, maybe we might be saying, and I mean, I could be wrong, but that, like the paranormal field actually draws people to it. Like we don't just uh-huh. say, "Hey, I got a passion. I'm going to do it." There's probably some connection and draw that we don't know about, it, and that's what pulls us in. I think so. I think, so. I think but I think that is with everything. I think that we have, you know, a connection and draw to all the things we're passionate about, whether it's people, uh-huh. or music, or theater, or tomatoes, or tap dancing, tomatoes, yes, <laughs> cooking. Tap- yeah, cooking, yes, that's true. I think that I think that we're drawn to these things in our life for a reason. There you go. What did you say, Sean? I have a question. Yes, Karen. You said uh, you can't go to a Walmart because there's too many people and it, uh-huh. it bothers you. Uh huh. I noticed that uh, when I'm in a room with a lot of different conversations going on, and yeah, I have a rough time and my heart starts beating real you fast. You get anxious. Heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's called empathic. And do you sometimes, okay, let me ask you this. Do you sometimes have moods that are absolutely unrelated to things that you're feeling? Like all of a sudden you start to get angry and you think, what am I angry about? This is stupid. There's nothing to make me mad. Or why am I sad? There's nothing to make me sad. Do you have things that come over you that aren't related to how you should be feeling? Never anger, but sometimes, uh, yeah, being sad. Yeah, that's an empathic thing. That's picking up on the emotions of others. So Walmart for me, there's so many people with so many emotions that it's almost crippling for me. I have anxiety, and I'm not an anxious person I because there's so many emotions. Um, I don't do well at big events like uh, professional sporting events or concerts or things because there's so many people. So um, it, go ahead. I, well, I've gone to concerts and I've had no issue. It's yeah. when, I, when I'm in a smaller room, like a house, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of conversations going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, I'm, so. yeah, that could be. But so my husband pointed out because we went up to see Spam a lot up in Seattle recently, and I wasn't even thinking. And normally, what I do if I'm going to do something like that is I put a shield up because I know that otherwise I'll be nuts um, because everybody's emotions, and I forgot to do it. And I didn't realize until I was standing in the middle of the lobby of the theater waiting to get in that I had forgotten to do this. And I had all these people's emotions hit me from all over. And it makes me feel anxious. And so I did the best I could. And once we went in and sat down and that play started, it was gone. But what Jim said, my husband, who I call Techie McScience Geek, but sometimes he's (laughs) insightful too, um, what he said is, yeah, but at that point, everybody's emotions are in sync because we're all watching this play and we're all enjoying it and the music. And so it might be the same thing at a concert because now everybody's all enjoying the music together 
And so everybody's emotions are kind of in sync. So you're not being bombarded by all the different emotions. Does that make sense? But when you're in a room, you've got all these conversations going on and all these people feeling different things at different times. And those, they're out of sync with one another and they may be bombarding you. Yes. <laughs> He's not what kind, sure. What kind of answer was that? He's just not sure. And, and I could be full of crap. But... <laughs> It's no. just, those are things those are things to watch for those are things to pay attention to is because people think psychic ability is just that you see things or you hear things or whatever but it's also um people's emotions and for me it's also people's physical things so ghosts tell me all the time how they died by making me feel like crap, they like somebody had a heart attack. My chest seizes. Uh, you know, somebody gets stabbed in the back. My back hurts. So, so there are other ways that they communicate with us as well. And not everybody has every way of receiving communications, but you won't know until you sort of start paying attention and start to sort it out. There you go, Sean. <laughs> yeah, lot to think about, don't you? I do. <laughs> you gonna lay in bed tonight with the covers clutched up under your chin, staring at the ceiling? <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> Every sounds poor Sean be calling me at like two in the morning. Chuck, Chuck, I'm seeing this. I'm like, Sean, let me alone. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a rule in my house because they come to talk to me uh-huh. all the time, and my rule is don't bug me when I'm with my family, and don't bug me when I'm going to when I'm asleep. Well, there you go, Sean. And how, and how how would he do that? Just literally say it, think it. What? <laughs> yeah, I put up a shield. And I'm like, okay, I'm closed for business. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So you just got to put up your shield, Sean. You'd be put fine. Up my closed sign. There you my go. Sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang one around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but what you can do is you can close your eyes. And this is anytime you're on an investigation and you start to, if you have like a really intense something and, and you don't like it, what you do is you pop out your shield. You visualize it coming from your core um, and pushing out all around you. And it can be, mine's a bubble. I know people who use brick walls. I know people who use suits of armor, whatever. But you push it out from your core and have it surround you, and that's your shield. Really easy. There you go. The other thing you can do is you can turn up your volume knobs. You can have your volume knobs in your head, you picture them, one says B, the other one says everyone else, you turn your volume up to 10 and you turn theirs down to zero. <laughs> it like sounds so, so stupid, but it works. I like that. Yeah. So it's a lot of visualization mm-hmm. with with your thought process and, and knowing that, say, yeah, this is going to work and then it works. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I recommend that if you really want to start tuning into your... um your your psychic abilities that you also take some time and start meditating. I was actually just going to ask if meditation goes hand in hand with that. Absolutely does. Because mm-hmm. when I first started, I when I first started college, I used to meditate a lot. It's uh, I couldn't live without it. Maybe that's why I'm cranky today, Chuck. You didn't do med- <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that's interesting. See, I'm finding things about Sean that I didn't know. I never knew when he meditated when he went to when he was in college. Hopefully, you didn't do it while you were in class because you're not going to learn anything that way. Well, <laughs> there was a class where I did do it because that was like <laughs> exercise we. Because <laughs> what? Well, it was a psychology class, so we were actually supposed to try and meditate. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say I had one of those too, but it was a uh, Roger with Misa Quo. 
<laughs> and he, did every every American idiom uh-huh. he used over and over and over again. Oh. <laughs> so as you're waiting him out, I'm just gonna meditate. I'm just gonna that. meditate now. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, Sean. Whenever you get bothered, just go into meditation. I'm gonna do that at work. <laughs> no, don't do it at work. No help that way. <laughs> so, uh, so did did you get some answers to? Do you feel you got some answers to your what you what you experienced, John? Or yeah, that that makes complete sense to me now. Or have I just loaded you with so much stuff now that you're freaking out? Well, I mean, I do have a lot of information I'm taking in right now, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's okay. <laughs> All right, you know. (laughs) Yes, he needs to learn. So this is a good. But you have a really great person in the in the form of Nancy, who can help you with that stuff. Mm -hmm. She's a great resource. I like Nancy. Well, there you go. (laughs) Yes, we all like Nancy. She's good. I like you too, Karen. (laughs) Ah, well, I like. Uh, Sucking up to Karen. I see how it goes. Well, you know, that's because I'm the queen bee of Paranormal Underground Radio. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a guest here, man. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that. Cheryl will probably be mad at me because she probably thinks she's the queen bee. Cheryl, <laughs> do you think you're the queen bee? Can you hear us? Cheryl? I was laughing a little bit there. <laughs> what did you hear Chad the queen bee? I think Chad's the queen bee for sure. <laughs> you got the to go with it, so there you go. Yeah. There we go. Chad's the queen bee. We're just his loyal subjects. <laughs> oh my gosh, Cheryl! Do we need to take a break? Only if you want to. I don't know. Okay, so break? Uh, let's just move on. So, move Sean, on. you're welcome to stick around for this. Uh, you can learn something. Okay. <laughs> so, Jeff, you and I were talking at the top yes. of the hour. Yes. Uh, before we came on the air about um, people management, which is something that um, mm-hmm. client management, which is something that doesn't get talked about enough. Oh, yes. I wonder and we, we were about. talking in particular about some of those clients who... Um, I, do you mean the crazy people? Yeah, I was trying to not be, uh, what is it, uh, ableist in my language. But yes, the wackadoos. Yeah, the wackadoos. Let's just, just call it what it is, you know? Wackadoos, you know, that's, yeah. that's not ableist, right? No. <laughs> like, it probably is. Um but yeah, the the people who, um, for whatever reason, and I, I feel like we insulted Cheryl when we were initially talking about this, because what I said is the very first question I feel like we need to ask any person we're interviewing is, "Tell me what you tell me which paranormal shows you watch on television." Mm-hmm. And you agreed with that, and ter- and Cheryl Cheryl thought we meant that anybody that we would then immediately screen out anybody who watches paranormal television. Oh. Yeah, right. No, and I, and I wanted to, and that's why I, I, I kind of interjected because I'm like Cheryl. I like to watch a lot of the paranormal yeah. shows. I find them very entertaining yeah. and I yeah. like what the, you know, some of the stuff they find and it's cool. But uh, they but, are entertainment. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so you need to know, um, you know, because so many people, um, are interested in that, that it leads to <laughs> them trying to find groups to just draw them in so they can either A, see, just see how it all works and be a part of it, mm-hmm. or, um, 
or they are they're you know they're just wacky and then that's just yeah. the, the television shows just made it even worse and now and then we're going to bring and then bring us in and then if we go in into it it just makes it even worse and you're not helping the situation you're, you're just you're just making it way worse for the people to begin with anyways but no yeah. i i i agree that it's a it's a, an important point to ask just like all the questions you want to ask you know yeah. um before you go into an investigation you know well we had a um a client who I had gone out and done a walkthrough of the house and sat down and talked to them. Mm-hmm. And there was something going on in this house. There okay. clearly was. Um, I, I could tell when I was there that there was something going on in this house. Um, and the things that they were telling and, you know, it, it was all in line with these people have an issue and they probably need some help. Mm-hmm. And so I said to them, and they had a bunch of kids. And I said to them, well, the night that we come investigate, you need to not have any of your kids here. One or two of you, I mean, you can be here, but that's that's it because we need it quiet, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So we went, we showed up that night and we had invited somebody as a a consultant to come in who came in specially to help us because this place was really strange. It was like one half of the house, the energy was like, ah, beautiful sunny day. And the other half of the house, it's like you walk across this certain threshold and boom, it was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really strange. And it was like that all the way through the house. One half was so hot sunshine and the other half was, Wah. And so we brought in this, this psychic to work with us who's really good and experienced with things like that. So we got there and not only were their kids there, but they had invited a bunch of their kids' friends and a bunch of their friends. And they proceeded to have a party and get drunk because we were the evening's entertainment. Oh, my God. And we had sat there and talked to them for a couple hours, really trying to carefully scream this. Right, yeah. But we so were the never, evening's entertainment. So you never, this is like blindsided. You never even saw it coming. No. Wow. That would, yeah. That, that would thoroughly take me off. I have to say that. We right were not we were not very happy. Um and yeah. you know, but we had this person come in specially. So right. what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. If it like, hadn't oh. just been our team, we would have walked out. Yeah, right, exactly. But because we had Teresa there with us, we were like, mm-hmm. Well you know. <laughs> and then she probably walked in and said, What did you bring me into? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, well I had like I was telling you, I had that <laughs> yeah, the the one person where we um uh, they called and they said, oh my gosh, we, all this stuff's happening in our house. It's haunted and we just feel it's haunted. And, duh, duh, duh. and so then I said, uh, and it was like in an email. So now I'm like, okay, fine. So I, you know, the first thing I like to do is call and do a, a phone interview or, you know, if you can do Skype interviews are even better because then you can kind of see who you're dealing yeah. with. Because sometimes, you know, you can just tell, you can, there's a look for crazy. Okay. There's a definite look for crazy. So, um, so I was, um, I did the email and I was talking to them. I'm like, oh, it sounds like maybe, you know, they need our help. So I go ahead and call her and it's this lady and she's younger and she says, yeah, we live in this trailer and, um, I think our grandpa's haunting us or something like that. And, um, she says, it's just really scary. We need someone to come out. And I go, well, all right. So she's, so what's, you know, like what's, what's transpiring? What's happening? She's like, well, I don't really know. I'm like, what, what do you mean you don't really know? I mean, is there like, 
like, is there things moving? You know what I mean? There's, you know, I was looking for that. You know, because a lot of times they just start apparitions. Yeah, usually they, get, they, they they do the laundry list right from like, oh yeah, yeah. So, things are flying off the shelf, and you know, I see yeah. fire in the room, and then it's not there, and all this stuff. And no, just I. Well, I don't know. I just have this feeling that it is. Are you having weird dreams? <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. I know. I was like, you know, usually I get like, uh, okay, well, then, then we go through, you know, and we do. We do ask, uh, do you do you like to watch paranormal shows? True. It's true. It's one of the questions. It's not the first question, but it's one of them. You know, what are your religious, religious beliefs? And you, you want to go through all of this so you can understand kind of where they're coming from. But I did, the, when, when she said that, I, I didn't even know where to go with it. So I'm like, well, um, we could, we could, you know, you know, but she just was insistent that it was. So I'm like, well, we can come out. I said, what we'll do is I'll send um, my case manager out to the location if you give us the area. Because I always like to go out and send people to kind of like scout the area and the location right. we're going to be walking into. Because I don't want to walk into some, you know, I'm going to get shot or something, you know. You don't so, want to walk into a meth house and have it yeah, blow up as you yeah, Exactly, you know, right. <laughs> exactly. So it's like we it. sent someone out to kind of check out the area if it's close enough to do so. And then we... Um, uh, and then we'll go through, like, I have an interview, it's like about 40 questions, you know, and we go through all this really quick, you know, or well, not really quick, but it takes about a half hour to go through it all, and then it kind of gives us, and then we go through, like, claims and whatever else, and then this way, we kind of then, at this point, feel we kind of know the client, we know the area, we know what's really going on, and I figure if they go through this whole process, and they stick with us through the whole process, then it's probably important to them, and yeah. that we should really take the time to look into it. Yeah. And it seems to work really well as just flushing out all the cuckoos because most people will like, so what happened is that uh, we called her to go like Al, Al at that time, Al was around still. He, he called and he's like, well, she's not answering. I'm like, it's not surprising. So the next day he tried again, no answer. So that's about three or four days. We kind of figured it was over and that was the last I ever heard of her. So, well, do you get the, the people who team shop where uh, they have one team come in? And then they oh. have another team come in, and you don't realize because you don't know because people keep their client information confidential. But then right. you'll be there, and it'll slip, and you'll find out that you're like the fourth or fifth team that's there, and then they'll list all the teams. We've had that happen a few times, too. Team shoppers where they keep having teams come in, and they know the process, and they're good enough at getting through that screening process mm-hmm. to... No. Wow. Get lots of teams in. We had, and, and the one that was so frustrating is we went into this one, and we were just on the very initial walkthrough stage mm-hmm. where we send, after we've talked to them on the phone and sort of gotten a sense of things, then we send um, the psychic, me, and another person in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went in with two of my team members, and we just go in, we do a walkthrough, write down impressions, uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we got there, and we sat down and started talking, and I I picked up a lot of very personal things about them, which sort of freaked them out. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you did. It did a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, like, personal things that that people didn't really know. Mm -hmm. And um, so... then, But we get to the end of this, and she was like, well, this team came out, and this team came out. The first team that came out, they told us that our house was infested with demons. So now we don't know what we need to do. And blah, blah, blah. And, and this whole thing. And then she's talking about how her best friend 
is a witch who summons demons. And so she's summoned like 13 demons, and now they wonder if the demons are in their house. And I mean, just, yeah. And, and uh, so apparently our screening process is not as comprehensive as perhaps it could be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, I've, heard, I've never had the team shop thing yet, but, or, or maybe I don't know I have. You know what I mean? Maybe they just. Yeah, they just didn't enough. slip to you, yeah, or, or right, you're exactly. the first team in the shopping. See, and the thing is, is that you don't <laughs> communicate with the other teams about these places because you want to maintain client confidentiality, and it's very important. Yeah, 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 definitely. But then a couple times it slipped, oh, well, this team came out. But this team came out, and they told us that we were infested with demons. Wow. Uh, Why yeah. would you tell somebody that? Well, I've, heard like, I've heard, like, horror stories from other, like, well, you know, from from here, from someone's word of mouth from a team. You know, like, they, they went to this one house, and this guy was, like, freaking out. And then, he, then so then he thinks, like, you know, he's being attacked by evil beings, and then he pulls a gun. And they're in there, and they're like, oh, my God. And they got this gun. The guy's pulling this gun. It's like... That's what I don't want to happen with no. my team members. You know what I'm saying? No. I don't want, you know, because it's like, it's not just the safety of the clients. No, it's, it's the, the safety, safety of you. Of team, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know? and I mean, we try to be really careful with stuff like that, but, you know, people slip through. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, you, know, you go in there and maybe they're they're like totally against the paranormal and they think you're all like witches and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you're getting like tied up and everything we're gonna we're gonna cleanse you if you're you know what i mean like, well god that gives me something to worry about well we i had oh, like, i was talking to this week and we opted not to do the walkthrough ultimately um the first question she asked me, well, first she told me that she had a psychic from Florida fly over her house, which you find amusing because you thought she was parachuting in. <laughs> and yeah, then she... Said, Go, ahead. Go ahead. No, as I say, I thought it would be cool, like the parachuting medium. Yeah, I like the flying nun, the parachuting mm -hmm. medium. She like exactly. parachutes down and she reads your house as she's about to land. It's like the Mary Poppins she medium. She's yeah. got an and then when she lands, she has all the information you need. Well, as I was parachuting down, I felt all this stuff here. <laughs> Maybe that should be my MO. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> Karen Frazier, the parachuting medium. There you go. That sounds safe. Yeah. It sounds safe for a woman who's almost 50, year old to do, 50 yeah, years old, too, doesn't it? No worries. Yeah, just jump off the plane. You could be eating a tomato while you're going down, going, I'm going to read this house. I love tomatoes. Um, but anyway, so then, so I kind of, that sort of gave me pause a little bit. And then she said, she said, are you like Amy Allen? <laughs> and I said, no. I said, I said, I don't make the faces. <laughs> and she was like, that didn't even phase her. She was like, okay. And she kept going and talking. And then she, there was like, there was all these red flags. So the first was the lady with the, you know, the flying over. And then was the, are you like Amy Allen? But then the, what was there? There was a third thing she said to me that I was just like, oi. I can't remember what it is. Oh. Oh, come on. She said it. She said it to Patty. She said, well, I've been to this person and they won't help me. And I've been, to, I belong to a spiritual church and I'm an empathic and a medium and nobody will help me. Nobody will help me in that, you know. Mm -hmm. The people, well, what did what did you ask them to do to help you? And they don't give you a specific answer. Or, well, they suggested I do this, but I didn't want to. 
you know, you get a yeah. lot of that. You, yeah. you get a lot of people who um, want who want a very specific. They want you to help them in a very specific way. Well, yeah, they kind of want you to you like they want your your answers to be tailored to what they feel. Yeah, and so if you give them suggestions. They don't want to follow them. Like we always tell people, you know, write things down as soon as they happen. People mm-hmm. don't want to do that. I know. So keep a journal. Write down what's going on so that way when you do, like if you feel you need to bring someone in, you can say, hey, look, this is all yeah. the stuff going on. What the heck is going on? So you have something versus, you know, but then, yeah. you know, like I said, a lot of times it's, 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 there's, there is nothing. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. It's, it's imagination a, or yeah. it's your house is creaking or absolutely. Well, yeah. Patty was talking to, we had clients one time and these clients kept calling after the fact, you know, and, and the thing is, is that there's, there's sort of a disconnect um, because when you go out and investigate a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you explain to the clients what you think is going on there, and you show them their findings and things. Mm-hmm. And then you leave. And their place still has whatever it was going on, unless you do some kind of specific work to resolve that. Right. A right. Lot, bo- most teams don't do that. Mm-hmm. And well, so, so, but you, we always try to, if we don't try to do some kind of resolution, we do try to give the people that live there tools for coexisting for dealing with it um ways that they can maybe try and help the energy in their house things right. like that and so we give them all these tools and we give them everything we possibly can mm-hmm. yet occasionally yeah. we'll still have people call back and call back and call back so patty um who's our, our team leader one mm-hmm. night and she has the team phone she had this client that kept calling back so one night the client calls back really late at night and, you know, and Patty's basically said to them, look, we can, we've given you everything we can to help you. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what else. And the gal calls back, this is going on, blah, 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 blah. And, um, <laughs> and Patty says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes and yell, knock it off. <laughs> and the lady closed her eyes and she yelled, knock it off. And Patty said, did it stop? And the lady said, yeah. And Patty said, okay, good night. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's true. That's a lot of times. That's what you just have to take charge of your house. You know, you gotta yeah. set ground rules. You know, it's like, look, I don't mind if you're here. You know, it, you know, because you know, a lot of times, you know, it's not malevolent. A lot, most of the times, you go, it's it's just they're trying to they're just trying to communicate or just want you to know they're there or whatever. You know, and so that you know, if you just say, hey, look, you know, at these certain times. Don't bug me at night. Yeah, don't bug me. Don't bug my kids. Yeah, right. During the day, I don't care what you do. You know what I mean? And we can kind of live in harmony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that's what we, like when we go in, I always like to ask the client, what do they want from us? Like, what would you, you know, if they say, well, I need a, I need a cleansing or whatever. Well, well, we need to really look into what's going on before that, because it could be like your family member. You don't want to boot them out. You know what I mean? So how about we like, how about we first start figuring out what's going on? And then go for sure. it. That would be like saying, "I want to. I'm going to. I'm going to do this on my car to fix it." When you don't even know what's wrong with it, right? You need to. Well, you need to slow down and take it from A to B. You know. So. Yeah, and that that's actually one of the questions. One of the first questions I ask too when I sit down with people is, "What is the outcome that you would like to see from this? Mm-hmm. What is it that you? How is it that you think we can help you? Mm-hmm. Because you need to know those their expectations. Because the other thing about managing clients is managing clients' expectations. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So, Sean, are we freaking you out? <laughs> Is he still there? Sean, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. All right. You weren't breathing or anything. We're not freaking you out, are we? No. He's going to get his letter of resignation in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Thanks, Karen. He quit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, that's 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 true, you know, and um, and that's the way you should do it. That's the way that you handle your client. And you, now, now here's a question, really quick: do, Have you ever come across anything, you know, like you, you talk to the client and they say, "Well, this and this and this," but they're kind of leery about this or afraid that they might find this out or something? Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel it necessary not to give them the whole picture? Um. So I always give clients all of the information that I have, but mm-hmm. okay. sometimes I give that information very gently with a lot of supporting stuff surrounding it. I make it gentler. I try. I don't ever want to freak people out. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, because sometimes, you know, they might, like, be totally freaked out about what you're telling them, you know, and then you just made it, then you leave and you, you made it worse. Um well, they, you... they want us to be honest with them. They've asked us in to find out what's going on. And I think it's our job to tell them what's going on. But there are ways that you can tell them. Okay. And there are ways that you can communicate. And you can always, when I give somebody something that I consider is kind of maybe a little spooky information, yeah, right. I always also give them a lot of tools. Oh, yeah. So that way, when you're giving them, that's good because then you're giving them what they need to know. Because I think it's important they need to know what you know. And then at the same time, you're saying, but here, now I've given you information, but here's what you can do to combat that or whatever. Yes, Yes. or handle it or cope with it emotionally or whatever it is. I, I, I feel like a lot of what I do really is kind of counseling and really yeah. handling people with kid gloves in the most kind and compassionate way because what they're going through is scary to them. And mm-hmm. therefore, they need me to give them as much information to help them cope with that as I can. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a good idea because it's true that even though we're doing paranormal investigations, um, we are dealing with people. And so we have to look at it, like you said, like kind of counseling. You want to help, you want to educate them as well as help them. So, you know, because I, I, you know, like, let's say when we were talking about, you know, people that watch TV shows, but you, so you go into someone's house that, 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 that does watch TV shows, but at the same time, um, by the time you get to the end of the investigation, they see how it really is going on and you mm-hmm. can educate them and say, look, man, it's good that, you know, entertainment's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I love TV too. I think it's all fun, but this is more of the reality of what, what goes on mm-hmm. and it gives them a, a, a little more sense of uh, understanding to the field. Yep. Yeah, but I always try to uh, approach it with as much compassion as I can. With that being said, I just realized what time it is. Oh, is it time to go already? Yeah, so what do you have coming up, Chuck E.G.? Uh, let's see, what do I have coming up? I have Mr. Jack Kenna on my show this evening. Um, of course, you know, he's from uh, Jack. Spirits, Spirits of New England. Yeah, and Paranormal Underground. Yeah, that's right, Paranormal Underground. He's an awesome writer because he wrote about an awesome team called the End of Dark Investigations. <laughs> Uh, you know, but no, I, I, I'm going to have mom. We're going to have some fun. We're going to talk about all sorts of different stuff from equipment to uh, just, you know, everything that everything that's Jack. Very good. <laughs> that's yeah. not wrong, is it? Just everything Jack. that's Jack. That's that right. Like so, so Sean. Yes. Thank you for coming on. I hope that you will hear from you again after you've been under Chuck's tutelage and care for a while to see if, you know, see if he's as affable a guy as he seems or if he's really a petty tyrant. 
<laughs> Gee, thanks. That's the way to end the show. <laughs> I don't think you're a petty tyrant. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, All Sean. Right, so thanks, Sean, for coming on the show. It's been Bye, fun. Sean. Thanks for having me. Hope we didn't freak you out. No, you didn't. <laughs> oh, well, good. All right, so here's the deal. You guys need to stick around because Chucky G is coming up next with Jack Kenna. Uh, Jack is pretty cool. I bet you there's going to be lots of tech talk going on. It sounds like oh, a yeah. talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of tech talk and, you know, all sorts of other stuff. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. In one minute, what do we have coming Next up? Next week, August 7th, 2014, we have Brad from Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigations. And Rick will be back. And Rick will be back. Slightly toothless, but back. <laughs> All right. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Stick around for Chucky e. G in the Dark Radio. Um, we'll be back next week, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Good night. Good night. Would like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio? Email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at ParanormalUnderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network.